Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with successful entrepreneur and founder of Innovation Women, Bobby Carlton. She is the founder of Carlton PR and Marketing, Innovation Nights and Innovation Women, or as she calls them, the day job, the night job, and the dream job. She also engaged in retail therapy during the pandemic and acquired two additional companies with a background in professional radio and years of experience in public relations, marketing, and public speaking. She is well-versed. She has been called Boston's innovative den mother and the startup fairy godmother. Hundreds of women have her to thank for their own startups. She helps women get on stage at conferences and events these days. She's got a lot going on. Enjoy this interview. (laughs) Well, hey, it's great to meet you. I want to begin our conversation with living through the last three and a half years or so. How did you survive the pandemic and how has it changed you? Ah, interesting. So uh, just as background, I have five companies, uh, three of which I founded myself. My day job is I run a PR and marketing firm. My night job for many years was an events company. Obviously, that took the biggest hit. Yeah. And then uh, the dream job is Innovation Women. It is a speaker bureau for entrepreneurial, technical, and professional women. That's three. Yeah. And uh, during the early days of the pandemic, I bought two additional companies. So I bought a research service for professional speakers in April 2020. And I bought a digital magazine for women entrepreneurs in August 2020. And uh-huh. both of those uh, coming from founders who, you know, I think looked at the pandemic landscape and said, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And, yeah. and I saw what they were doing and said, number one, those are companies that deserve to live on. And number two, those are things that fit in with my through line, which is all about visibility, providing business opportunity. So the pandemic actually, you know, aside from the initial shock, was actually pretty darn good for our business. We also had a little bit of a heads up. My public relations firm was responsible for PR for passengers on the Diamond Princess in February. So that was wild. Uh, We were kind of smack dab in the middle of the world's biggest and wildest uh, global story. And uh, we drove around 3,000 stories in less than 10 days. Wow. And, uh, you know, also learned a whole lot about everything from on-ship quarantine or lack thereof uh, to how to kind of muster U.S. uh, resources to go and grab about 400 people and bring them home from Japan. Wow, that's intense. Wild experience. Yeah, that's that. I've, I've done some crisis PR in my day, but that one is up there. That'll age you like a president, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 10 days, pretty much round the clock, because, of course, our clients were just off the coast of Japan. Yeah. So uh, time zones. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this. Let's get to the actual essence of what you do, obviously, as an entrepreneur. If I put you in front of a bunch of third graders and one of the kids looks up, it's career day, and they're like, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer them? Uh, it brings me back to when my kids were little and I asked my uh, older son, what do you think mommy does all day? And he's like, talk on the phone and take meetings. <laughs> like, That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, today we do a lot of writing. 
Uh, I write many, many things. Uh, we call it content creation in the business. Uh, I also do spend a lot of time connecting people. So the primary uh, activity of Innovation Women, for example, is connecting event managers with awesome speakers who just happen to be women. And uh, we also do a lot of social media marketing. So if uh, third graders, let's say they are not yet old enough to be on social media, but I imagine they see mom and dad spending a lot of times on their cell phones and the Facebook and uh, X slash Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And we help companies get visible on those platforms. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? I think it probably had something to do with horses. I was yeah. a horse girl. Um, but uh, later on, I was definitely like intrigued by uh, perhaps being a lawyer. And then I found out how many years I had to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Are you originally from the Boston area? I am not. I'm originally from upstate New York, kind of the the wilds of upstate New York in the Adirondack Mountains area. So how did you get these seeds of entrepreneurship and innovation and all of these things? How did this become who you are today? Oh, in 2008, the startup that I was working with ran out of money and we were not alone. Obviously, yeah. the uh, Great Recession impacted a lot of companies. And my husband was the stay-at-home parent. So it was all up to me to bring home food and put... Uh, put the mortgage money together and things like that. So I hung out a shingle at that point while I was still looking for a job. The yeah. funny part is my dad was an entrepreneur. He ran his own businesses for years. It literally never occurred to me wow. until I was kind of forced into the situation. And uh, during those early days, uh, social media was young. I was very early to jump onto things like Twitter and I said, oh, this is this is good. I like this. I, I no longer have to deal with the gatekeeper that is the mass media. Yeah. I can be the media myself. Yeah. So that was very intriguing to me. And that's when I started Innovation Nights, which was my second company. And that was designed to help me get more experience with social media marketing, but also to demonstrate my social media skills to the broader entrepreneurial um, kind of universe in the Boston area. So did you ever do any journalism or anything along those lines? I did. Uh, I did uh, write for the, for the high school newspaper and was a stringer for my town newspaper. I worked in radio news uh, in college. I have a broadcasting degree. Okay. And hence the, uh, the nice uh, toys that I am playing with here. Yes. Uh, and uh, people go, oh, you have radio voice. And I'm like, well, I should. Yeah. I went to school for this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I worked in radio news uh, in central New York for a while. I worked at WTRY, PIX 106, Albany, Schenectady, Troy for a while. Uh, also central New York stations too. Okay. So let me ask you this. Who's been a hero for you in your life, an inspiration that's fueled your desire and drive? Mm. You know, I think it's so many of the people that I work with. You know, I, I see... 
peers and near peers, you know, people who are just ahead of me. And I say, oh, I can do that too. Um, right now, I I have like 2,500 female speakers on the Innovation Women platform. And so many of them are motivational speakers or inspirational speakers that just meeting them and, and hanging out with them is inspiring on a daily basis. So if you could meet, is it, do they take you go back to the whole journalistic bone that you have in you. If you could interview anybody on the planet right now or spend some time with them, who would it be? Oh God, so many choices. <laughs> Definitely so many choices. I mean, I have to admit, I think people would probably, you know, go for politicians and things like that. Um, I I want to talk to people like, um, I want to talk to Brene Brown. Uh, she's a fantastic speaker, somebody who has built a business on speaking, who I think never intended to be a speaker. And that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So obviously with her and with others that you've mentioned, they have a high level of inspiration, a lot of get up and go. What is that that gets you out of bed every day? What is it that makes you who you are to help others to provide platforms for women? How does this work for you? Um, <laughs> you know, Innovation Women is a mission-driven company. And, you know, we we talk about our mission being one of putting more women on stage at conferences and events because two-thirds of all conference speakers are men. And that leaves women out of so many business and career opportunities. And, you know, it's like you're running a mission-driven company, Bobby. Why? Well, you know, I saw it not as a way to really get focused on public speaking. I saw it as a way to drive pay equity, um, gender equity in terms of who's seen as a leader, who is seen as an expert. It has to do with funding for women-founded companies. I have been a woman-founded company uh, for a while and also worked for other women-founded companies. And less than 3% of all venture capital goes to women-founded companies. I mean, that's ridiculous ridiculous right come on uh we also look at things like the number of women on boards we look at the number of women in the c-suite so often speakers are chosen for conferences and events simply because they're the ceo of that company so i think kind of what drives me is sheer annoyance at uh, the inequities that exist in the world. And I don't know, something gets my back up about it and I just can't let it rest. So I have to do something. And that's, I think, kind of built into who I am. I get annoyed with these inequities and I have to take action. So you've obviously done a lot. So I'm I'm wondering of all of the platforms that you've given women, what's been one of your favorite success stories? I I feel like one of the my favorite ones is probably a smaller one. Um, I speak quite frequently at a conference called the Women in Tech Summit. It's one that I've spoken at a number of years, and 
one year when I walked through the door ready to do my presentation, the event organizer said, oh, you have to meet this other speaker. And I did. And she told me that she had heard me speak a previous year and had gotten excited about speaking. She had never done any presenting before and she applied and was accepted to speak at the conference. And, you know, it's her first time and she knocked it out of the park. I mean, she did so well. And I think that a lot of people think about public speaking as something they do later in life when they're a CEO, I have to be in the C-suite. But this is a relatively young person who didn't really think of herself as a speaker, but she had a message and she had a purpose behind her speaking. And something I said got her to say yes to public speaking to take action and to do it herself. I, those are the things I hear that a lot, but getting to meet somebody in person and to share the stage with them was really exciting for me. So of all of the female revolutionaries that have existed in our timeline, who do you admire the most? Who's somebody that you kind of emulate or you look up to? Emu emulate? Uh, I, I haven't got anything there. Right. Um, I, I don't see as many people doing the mission-driven companies like I am doing. Um, I know they're out there. I just don't see them. They don't get the coverage in the press yeah. that often a company that's getting a boatload of venture capital gets. So, you know, there there's a whole conversation. But I do think that, you know, the people who are taking control of a situation who are saying, I see a problem and I'm going to make a change. Um, for example, I've been talking a lot with Allison Byers and Amy Sperling who have their own companies, yeah. but yet they have been very active in the fight for legislation around the inequities around funding female founded companies. So both in California and in Massachusetts, there was legislation that was pending and they were doing the lobbying work and rallying people to go and tell stories. So I just love seeing that. So obviously you covered quite a story from a PR perspective with, with the ship. But is there a story that exists out there that you would have loved to have been covering? Is there a, is there a historical story that you would have just loved to have been there to watch either the aftermath or the continuation and to actually cover it as a journalist? I think the suffragettes. Yeah. Oh, like that's the obvious choice. You know, you have people that society told you belong in a kitchen, you belong at home. And they were like, oh, heck no, I'm going to go out and get the vote. Yeah. So, you know, they came from so many different walks of life, so many different strat social stratas. And I think that, you know, it was never covered as completely as it needed to be. Yeah. So we saw a lot of women of color who were involved, but really just never got the visibility that the white women did. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So of all of the things that you've done, become and overcome and evolved into, what are you the proudest of? Innovation Women is obviously top of the list, um, but also Innovation Nights, the company that I started in 2009, we launched over 1,500 new products that got more than $4 billion in funding. We did it on a shoestring. We did monthly events. We did more than 130 events before the pandemic kind of put a stop to in-person events. Uh, we were driving between two and three million views a month just by using our social media amplification program. So, you know, like that, I look at the companies and all of the people who have jobs because those companies had successful launches. There were companies that connected with investors. There were companies that connected with employees and mentors and customers you know we did these basically grassroots events and it allowed us to really bring together a community that's that's important like community is so important we currently have a community event every week for innovation women it's called speaker friend friday and it's on Zoom and anybody can join. And Speaker Friend Friday is a place where people actually share information about their speaking careers and their speaking businesses. I don't know if you talk to other speakers. Pretty sure you do because yeah. I've seen some of your interviews. Yeah. They are normally, God love them, a secretive group. They don't share their their secrets and their tips normally unless you're taking one of their classes yeah and to have a group of people who'd get together every week on zoom and openly share tips to help each other grow their businesses is amazing yeah you know what astounds me about what you're doing is that typically in in the popular vote um or even electoral college women are the decider Okay. How is it that all of these rights, these reproductive rights have been totally repealed and all of the progress that's been made for, I would say, 40, 50, 60 years was completely repealed in one moment? How did that happen? And do you think that those rights will be regained? You know, you're talking about legislation that was impacted at a court level and the people who are on that court were placed there by men. So it has nothing to do with what we're voting for. If you look at the popular vote, the popular vote usually supports reproductive rights. Yeah. And, you know, you are looking at just another way, frankly, for men to control women's bodies. It's horrifying yeah. what we are going through. Yeah. I have I have personal experience with a traumatic pregnancy, two of them. Unfortunately, I have two boys out of it. I lived, so did they. But, you know, there comes a point in time in a pregnancy where sometimes moms are in danger and doctors need to make the right decision for that mom. Yeah. And that 
family and they cannot be constrained by what somebody far away who will never go through that right thanks yeah yeah which is why your work is so important to get the voices out there and 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 to push it so let me ask you this as kind of the person that's that's the marionette pulling all the strings everyone has a perception of you family puppeteer puppeteer exactly <laughs> <laughs> so everybody has a perception of you family friends clients colleagues but you run the show what's your perception of you who do you think you are i mean i am one person in a group i always point to the rest of the team i have a fantastic team i end up being the figurehead because I was there first and it was my company and my idea, but it really is such a team effort. Everybody is so impassioned and excited about just the impact that we can have. Every woman that we get on stage, every woman that we enable to find her voice, you know, we are doing this not you know as a get rich scheme you know i see so many predatory speaker training type uh programs literally thousands of dollars i have talked to women who have mortgaged homes who have run up credit cards to pay coaches to pay organizations 10 20 30,000 dollars uh innovation women is a membership organization it's $10 a month, $120 a year, and that is the budget that we use for all of our marketing to event managers and obviously to pay the team. I still haven't taken a salary out of Innovation Women. My day job is is funding what I do. Yeah. But um, I do see a lot of predatory stuff that happens, and it makes me and the team so angry and so frustrated at times. Yeah. I bet. So let me ask you this. If anyone out there that's been listening wants to get involved and to get a membership or get involved with any of your business ventures, reach out to you. Where's the best place to go? Innovationwomen.com. Okay. Excellent. This has been great. Thank you so much for taking time out to, to impart your story and have a wonderful 2024. You too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>